On today's episode, I'm doing an injury roundup across the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We're going to cover the 30 teams in the NBA, having a look at uh, current injury scenarios and when we expect players back and for certain players and what we do, whether we drop them, stash them, that sort of thing. So let's start with the Atlanta Hawks. And at the moment, a few guys appearing on the injury report. Rajon Rondo uh, with an ankle issue. He's questionable. Clint Capella's back on the injury report is questionable with a hand issue. And now Cam Reddish is questionable as well with an Achilles problem that caused him to miss the last game. While the Italian cock, Danilo Gallinari. Hands off my cock! He's probable. The two long-term injuries, Chris Dunn and Bogdan Bogdanovic. We're looking at probably another couple of weeks for Bogdanovic at least. Um, look, his value even before the injury was pretty It was pretty up and down. And with Herder, Reddish, Hunter, uh, Dunn eventually coming into that mix, I'm not sure that he's going to be a must-roster guy. In fact, he's not someone that I'd be prioritizing as an IR stash guy. Someone that I'd be, you know, must have him because he's coming back in you know, the next you know, two to three weeks, which is you know, when, when we expect him to be back. In, in probably about three weeks, I think, is more accurate for Bogdanovich. And yeah, I don't see him as being a top 100 player this year. So I think in most cases, you can leave him on the wire. Chris Dunn, I'm not even sure how they fit him into the rotation most nights, if we're going to be completely honest about it. Let's talk Brooklyn Nets now. And the only injury of note there is obviously Spencer Dinwiddie's out for the season, but Nick Claxton dealing with this knee problem. We're probably looking another month or so for him. I think that he could, if he was healthy, be the starting center. I think he might be better than DeAndre Jordan. And I feel real good about saying he's going to be better than DeAndre Jordan next season. Now, off the offseason, a lot of stuff can happen. But he is at least a name to watch with um, yeah, Jordan playing 20 minutes a night with no other center around. You know, the other guy's Reggie Perry. So Claxton is that name to watch, but he is a long way off with this knee problem that he is uh, currently dealing with. The Boston Celtics. Well, fine, but we're recording this before Wednesday's games. We're finally getting everyone back in action, uh, or the majority of people back. Peyton Pritchard was still a couple of weeks away. I think that eventually when he comes back, he just takes Jeff Teague's minutes out of the out of um out of the rotation. Teague has not been good this year. So Pritchard will slide in as the backup uh, backup point guard. And the other guy that we haven't seen all season, who is probably going to be primed for a rotation spot, is Romeo Langford. I'm not sure that he will now. Pritchard seems to have taken that backup guard sort of position. Maybe he can take some minutes away from Shemi Ojale, but he is not going to have a fantasy impact. Pritchard won't have a big one either, but it is um, yeah, it is worth mentioning because he had had some pretty solid games to begin this year. Next up, we look at the Charlotte Hornets. They are clear of injuries. Nothing to report there at all. The Chicago Bulls. Um, Wendell Carter Jr. out for the next at least four weeks possibly longer. Um, I, again, with how he'd been playing, which it was, it was starting to improve, but the way that they were using him in terms of minutes, 
Um, and the fact that maybe he's a borderline top 100 guy and he's out four weeks. Now, if you have IR and you've got an open IR, you just put him there. Like, that's not a question. So when I say, if I say drop a guy, you're going to say, but I have IR. Yes, just put them in IR. Like, that's, that's, that's a common sense scenario. But for a guy like Carter, if you don't have that, if your IR is full, again, similar to the Bogdanovich scenario, except Carter's going to be out a lot longer, I, I think you have to move on from him. As much as I like him, he hasn't taken the step forward. He did improve a few things that I liked. The passing was there, but the minutes aren't as high as I would have liked, and he's had some issues early to begin this year and now out for a long period of time. So I reckon we can move on from Wendell Carter Jr. The Cleveland Cavaliers, Kevin Love is probably the big name there who's going to be back probably relatively soon. He had that calf injury three, four weeks ago. So maybe we're looking at next week for love. We've got Larry Nance that's questionable as well. We've got Matty Dellavedova who's still out with this concussion. I, I, at this point, I don't expect Dellavedova to play at all this year. I think he's only really there to be a mentory type guy and to have a concussion linger this long. I'm not certain he plays at all. Uh, as for love... Given his return could be pretty soon, I don't mind stashing him. I don't think that Kevin Love is going to be some sort of game changer, though. In fact, there's a real possibility they just bring him off the bench behind Larry Nance and play him 24 minutes a night and get some shots up with that second unit. Now, we'll have impacts on guys like Chetty Osman, and it will have some impacts on Nance as well. But I'm not convinced that Love is going to be a surefire top 100 player this season. And that's wild because last year he was the top 50 player in 32 minutes a night scoring yeah, 18 and 10. Maybe he can get back to that. I wouldn't discount it, but out of the guys that we've talked about, like Bogdanovich and Carter, I would rather have Love at this point because I think there is a top 70 uh, upside there for him. But it is interesting. Larry Nance is questionable with his wrist problem. I think he is going to lose value when uh, when Love returns. Not saying that he's necessarily going to be a droppable player, but just trying to squeeze... With Allen and Drummond taking all of the center minutes, I'm just not certain that Nance is going to be able to... It's going to be him and Love playing power for it, unless they go extraordinarily big. And then that takes minutes away from Okoro and Osman, who have played pretty well at the three. It's just going to be hard for Nance to play as many minutes as he has been so far. Let's have a look now at the Dallas Mavericks. They're slowly getting back together with the return of Finney Smith, Joshie Richardson, and Dwight Powell happening today. Maxi Kleber's probably out until next week. And then Kleber's return is going to put a dint in Willie Cauley-Stein, in James Johnson, uh, Josh Green, and Wezawundu, who'd been playing. Wezawundu, honestly, if Dwayne Bacon didn't exist, Wezawundu would be one of the worst rotation players in the NBA. Uh, I'm not sure that Dwight Powell's even an every-night rotation guy at this point. Um... He struggled before the COVID stuff, so let's uh, let's see how he goes as we move forward. For the Denver Nuggets, Jamal Murray is dealing has been dealing with elbow problems all season, but nothing too major there to worry about. PJ Dozier is out with a hamstring problem, while the big man Greg Whittington has been out all season with a knee problem. Of course, Whittington has zero chance of getting rotation minutes, and with Dozier out, you'll get guys like RJ Hampton who stepped up in the last game to get some playing time. But overall, the Nuggets are pretty healthy at this point. The Detroit Pistons, Killian Hayes. We've got a while to go until Hayes returns, probably not back until the end of March. And even then, I think he'll be playing 20 minutes a night. There's no reason to hold him. Um, and look, if he gets to a stage where you need his injured reserve spot, he can move on. He was terrible to start the season. This is going to set him back. And I wouldn't expect any level of good play from uh, Hayes this year at all. Blake Griffin's knee. It's a problem. Again, he's out on Wednesday. It is the first half of back-to-back, -back, so maybe that's a part of it. And Derek Rose dealing with his knee. That's, they're just going to be ongoing problems. And yeah, I don't think that Griffin is a must-roster player at this stage. 
the Golden State Warriors. We know that both Marquise Chris and Clay Thompson are out for the season. Alan Smilicic is going to be out for another week or so, but he's going to go to the G League bubble alongside Jordan Poole and Nico Mannion. Otherwise, they've got a clean bill of health, so that's uh, pretty good for them at this stage. For the Houston Rockets, Christian Wood, the crucifix, he's going to be back next game. While Dante Exum is dealing with a calf strain, Exum is not going to be in the rotation. And I tweeted this out today, and I'll put it to you guys in the podcast and in the video. There's so much talk about DeMarcus Cousins because he's been awesome. Like last three games, really, really good. And yeah, the talk from Silas that he's going to play minutes next to Wood. And that's all well and good. That's what I projected at the start of the season that we'd see that. But in order to do that, right, the Rockets are going to start Wall, Oladipo, Tucker, Wood, and probably House. But there you starters. And then your bench is going to be Eric Gordon, Jay Sean Tate, David Nwaba, and Demarcus Cousins. Just finding 25 minutes for Cousins in that rotation, assuming all those starters play 34 minutes a night outside of whoever starts at small forward, and even say House plays 20, Tate plays 20. If Cousins plays 25 and Gordon plays 28, if Cousins plays 25, that means Nwaba's not in the rotation. It's an eight-man rotation. Just getting the minutes for Cousins to push to 25 a night, it means Nwaba's gone out of the rotation or Tate is gone out of the rotation or they don't play house or they play Eric Gordon 20 minutes a night or they play PJ Tucker 25 minutes a night. So a lot of weird, it's just a a, a hard puzzle to get my head around because that's what I have to do. That's my job, obviously. And I try and get it around. I'm trying to squeeze extra minutes in for Cousins and I go, are they really just not going to play Tate at all? Are they going to play 12 minutes for Nwaba? Are they going to play 20 minutes only for house? Maybe all those things happen, but Jesus, it's tough to get your head around. Anyway, the Indiana Pacers, a couple of long-termers there, obviously with Tony Warren Jr. and Karis LeVert out for quite a while. We don't have a real timetable on Warren. I'm guessing it's going to be mid to end of March that Warren's back. And I would be, if I had to guess one way or the other, I would say LeVert doesn't play this season. But if he does, it'll be around that same time, seven to eight weeks away. Now, both of those guys are top 100 players when they return. So they're okay to have in terms of having an IR, but... Remember, you can say, well, I'm going well in my league, so I can stash them. If I don't have IR, I can stash them. But that that um, assumes you have, you're have you going to have no other injuries, no other postponements, no other COVID stuff. You're going to have no, no one else out at any point until those guys return, which, of course, is foolish because that's not going to be the way it is. So as much as it's annoying to be able to, you know, having to drop to, let's say, top 75 players in Warren and Levert, if they're injured, you don't have weekly lineups where you can stash them on the bench. You don't have roto games limits where you can stash them on the bench. You don't have IR where you can stash them. If you're talking about a daily changes, no limit sort of scenario, you, you can't really hold on to them. Demontis Sabonis dealing with a left knee contusion. He's questionable for Wednesday's game. Um, so it doesn't appear to be anything too serious there. The Clippers, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, doesn't look like they have any, um, uh, they haven't contracted COVID, which is good, but you would assume that they could. There is some talk that they could be back for Friday against the Magic. They aren't on the road trip, and the road trip does have five more games left. I think it is safe to assume they won't be back this week, and if they do, it's a surprise. Same with Patrick Beverly with his knee problem. I would just rule these guys out for the week. You don't drop George or Leonard, obviously. I don't think I have to. I don't think I have to say that for people, but maybe I better. I better do it in case. Uh, Beverly was pushing into twelve team areas, but I don't think that he is. Uh, I don't think he's a guy that you'd necessarily... You, yeah, let's rephrase it. You just get more value streaming that spot until he comes back. They've also got Jay Scrub, who's going to be out a long time with his right foot. He is out of his walking boot, though. 
for the uh, Lakers, big injury news here. LeBron is questionable with an ankle sprain. And of course, I say that because I'm taking 100% of the piss. He's been questionable every day since opening night and hasn't missed a game. Anthony Davis is probable with an ankle contusion. It means nothing. These guys are just playing. So don't worry about it. Jared Dudley also out with a calf problem. No one gives a shit. Well, Costas, un- that's not true. I like Jared Dudley. Um, but in terms of fantasy, he has no impact. And Costas Antetokounmpo is out as well. Literally no impact for either of those guys in any sort of fantasy league. Let's look at the Memphis Grizzlies, and these are where the questions are. We haven't seen these guys play since the 18th of January. They are scheduled to be back on Saturday the 30th. That is a long time. Big Jonas Valanciunas is out after, yeah, I guess, theoretically contracting COVID, if not for health, health and safety protocols. He should be back when we get to the 30th. He might not. And then the big question is, where the bloody hell is Jaron Jackson Jr. and uh, Justice Winslow? And people ask me this all the time. Josh, do you know? I do not know. The Memphis Grizzlies are one of the worst teams in, uh, alongside the Minnesota Timberwolves in getting information out. And what we'll get is Jackson saying, the Memphis Grizzlies announced Jaron Jackson Jr. is questionable and it will come out of nowhere. And the same thing will happen with Justice Winslow. I wouldn't be surprised if they play their next game on, on January 30th. I wouldn't be surprised if Jackson and Winslow are back. Winslow... We have no faith in. Like, this dude just cannot stay healthy. He's not that good when he is healthy, but he can't stay healthy. Jackson, top 50 upside this year. And if he wasn't injured, I would have said maybe top 30 for him this season. Um, But I would expect those guys back pretty soon. I wouldn't grab Winslow. If Jackson is floating anywhere on your waiver wire, now is absolutely a great time to go out there and grab him. The Miami Heat dealing with a lot of COVID stuff. Jim Butler is out for Wednesday's game. Mo Harkless is out with a thigh injury. Myers Leonard still out with his shoulder. And then you've got Goran Dragic questionable, Avery Bradley questionable, and Tyler Hero with his neck problem questionable. Now, Bradley's been dealing with COVID as well. He hasn't played since the 9th of January. Uh, Butler hasn't played since the 9th of January either. These guys' returns should be coming at the end of this week. Bradley's not a 12-teamer, but his return, along with Tyler Hero's return and Butler's return, is going to mean that Kendrick Nunn probably loses his spot in the rotation. If Hero's on waiver wire, I'd add him. If Bradley is, I don't give a shit. That's only very, very deep leagues. And of course, Jim Butler. Ready to return to action. Let's look at the Milwaukee Bucks and absolutely nothing to talk about there whatsoever. The Minnesota Timberwolves is a little bit more interesting. Carl Anthony Towns, the big one there, of course. The last time Towns played was the 13th of January. He's out again for Wednesday the 27th. He'll probably be out on Friday the 29th as well. And then maybe, uh, I think what we look to him is maybe the 1st of February for a return. Same with Juan Shohun and Gomez. 1st of February would be my guess as a return for those guys. Well, Jarrett Culver sprained his ankle on Monday. He's going to miss Wednesday and it's not considered serious. Well, D'Angelo Russell has missed the last two games with a quad issue. He's questionable for today, so he's likely to return. Now, just bear in mind that with Towns, that that means that Naz Reed is going to be droppable. Um, Hernan Gomez coming back. Really interested to see what the worst coach in the NBA, Ryan Saunders, does with that power forward position. Jared Vanderbilt's better than Wancho Hernan Gomez. Whether he starts him and plays him 27 minutes a night remains to be seen. I, shit, I'd say Jaden McDaniels is better than Wancho Hernan Gomez at this point. But the, the return of Wancho could complicate things there. But at least, you know, when I shit on Ryan Saunders, he did you know, remove Jake Lehman out of the rotation, which was the right call. And maybe he just says, well, we're just going to go with Vanderbilt and McDaniels, which I, again, I think would be 100% the right decision there. The New Orleans Pelicans, absolute clean bill of health for them at the moment, which is awesome. Zion just playing big minutes and no and no worries about back-to-back, so that's great. 
For the New York Knicks, we've got Reggie Bullock, who's missed the last two with a neck problem. Remember, a neck problem at the start of last season cost Bullock a lot of time, and there was some worry that he'd never be able to come back. So this is obviously concerning. With him out, Austin Rivers steps into his role, and Alec Burke steps into the starting position. Bullock is only a very, very deep league player who uh, not someone we need to care about too much for fantasy. For the Thunder, both Al Horford and George Hill are questionable to return on Wednesday. If Horford's on my waivers in a 12-teamer, I would add him. In a 10-teamer, I, I wouldn't worry about it. In a uh, points league for 12, I am not as interested. George Hill's more of a 14-team league guy. Well, Ty Jerome with his ankle, we haven't seen him play all season. He's not going to be in the rotation, I wouldn't think. Maybe he could take over from Teo Melodon, but I doubt he's in the rotation. Trevor Ariza will not play a second for the Thunder, is my guess. And Josh Hall's also out with uh, health and safety protocol issues. Not that... Does anyone know... Did anyone know Josh Hall was an pl- NBA player? He wasn't even a college player last year, but he is an NBA player. Let's look at the Orlando Magic, of course. Fulton Isaac are out for the season. The Chief, let's do a retro one. Al Farouk Aminu. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. He's got this knee problem, which I reckon is going to end up ending his career. Um, he's not going to be a fantasy option. Chumura Kiki is probably looking to return either on the weekend or early next week. He'll come in and probably take rotation minutes away from some minutes from Ken Birch. And maybe he takes uh, Dwayne Bacon out of that rotation entirely. While Michael Carter-Williams... It's been forever since that bloke's played, and he's another guy that's going to impact Bacon when he returns, but these are not fantasy options for the majority of your leagues. Akiki's obviously a name to watch. I like him, but he's not going to have a fantasy impact. For the Philadelphia 76ers, Prison Mike Scott is out again on Wednesday with his knee. I don't think he even should be a rotation player, so we don't need to care there. Well, Seth Curry is ready to go on Wednesday, and Joel Embiid is probable. Vincent Poirier is still out. Um, you have to assume he contracted COVID. He, is he going to get a single minute? He's the fourth string center on this Philadelphia team. The Phoenix Suns, Devin Booker, will miss Wednesday's game with that hamstring issue. It's not considered to be serious, but... They've got a back-to-back here Wednesday, Thursday, and him missing both of those is possible. While Dario Saric hasn't played since the 11th of January, dealing with uh, COVID or COVID-adjacent type scenarios. He was their backup center, giving Kaminsky those minutes. Saric is more of a 14-team league guy than anything else. While Damian Jones also out due to COVID issues, he'd be a third-string center, maybe fourth behind Frank the Tank Kaminsky. The Portland Trailblazers, we know there's a bunch of injuries there. Um, CJ McCollum, we're looking at probably four weeks away at this point, end of February return. He is a high priority guy that you hold in injured reserve. This is a top 50 guy for this season. So a guy you've got to hold on to in that scenario. Rocket Rodney Hood missed the last game with a thigh contusion, not a 12 team league player in my opinion, while uh, Rob Covington had missed last game with concussion. Uh, he'd been obviously shit house before that, but he's someone I think that is worth holding. Zach Collins, I don't expect to see him before the end of March. And Yusuf Nurkic, we're looking probably mid-March for them to return. Now, Nurkic has that top 30 upside. Collins is not going to play enough to be an impact guy. But if you're you know, prioritizing McCullum or Nurkic in your injured reserve spot, I'd take McCullum. And if you don't, look, with both of those guys, I wouldn't be dropping McCullum. If, even if I don't have injured reserve, I probably would drop Nurkic if I didn't have it. He's going to be out a little bit longer and he's been performing worse. But I cannot stress enough, you must have injured reserve spot. You, you just have to have them. It makes leagues unfun. Like, I, I don't want to... Maybe, and maybe you're different. Oh, I'm an extra layer of strategy. I've heard that bullshit excuse before. And if you're listening to this and you disagree with me, drop it in the comments. Tell me I'm a dickhead. I, I, I don't care. Um, but who... I, I say this rhetorically because people are going to say, me, Josh, I want to. But I say, who wants to play in a league where CJ McCollum's sitting on the waiver wire because he's out for three weeks? And then what, what that does is it makes the good teams better. 
Because if you're sitting right at top of the standings and you're, you know, let's say we're five weeks in here, you're five and oh, and you're two games ahead of the next guy who's three and two, like you're that far ahead. You just go, well, all right, someone dropped CJ because they were one and four and they needed the games. I'll add him. That's fine. I don't give a shit. I'll lose the next two. And then when he comes back, my team will be even more unbeatable. The only players who can afford to stash those guys that get dropped are the teams at the top of the table. And then when they come back, their team becomes OP and it's bullshit and you shouldn't do it. The Sacramento Kings, injury-wise for them, Daquan Jeffries out for a long time with an ankle problem. There was a lot of talk that he would be a part of the rotation this year. Also, shout out to Jabari Parker, who just is bad. I, I, I just wanted to mention that. I honestly had arguments with people. And I know as my following has grown, uh, yeah, YouTube subscribers and Twitter followers, I'm going to get yeah, opinions from lots of different areas and lots of different varying opinions. But I legitimately had arguments with people telling me that Jabari Parker would get 25 minutes a night for this Kings team this year. Uh, Jemias Ramsey's out with a groin problem. He's not a rotation guy. While Nemanja Bielitsa is allegedly out with a back injury. Uh, him and Luke Walton have been fighting about his role in the rotation. They've been having in-depth personal discussions. Bielitsa has been saying, Walton, you're shit. And Walton's been going, you're probably right, but don't say it out loud. And therefore, he hasn't been playing. So Bielitsa is not going to be in the rotation. That seems to be the decision that the Kings have made. Also, your mate, Hassan Whiteside. The He is probable to return after missing the last four games with a hip problem. He'll come in and play 10 minutes a night and it won't be useful. Now, just one thing with Whiteside and that sound drop. I need to clear this up and I have to do it many times. It's the worst. The worst. It is not the white. It is not the wild. It is not the world. It is the worst because he is the worst. He sucks. He's really, really bad. That's why he's the worst. He's not the white or the world or the wild or the willy or whatever the bullshit um, people are hearing with that. If you don't know what that clip is, it is from John Ralphio Sapistine from Parks and Recreation. Just search Parks and Rec, the worst, and you'll see the clip and then you'll get what it is. Anyway, enough rants there. Let's go on to the next team, the San Antonio Spurs. Maximum Derek White. Maximum Derek. Um, it looks like we're probably, probably at a week and a half to two weeks away from Maximum Derek returning. I think that Derek White can be a top 70 player this year. If he hadn't have had all these toe issues, I reckon he might have pushed top 50. He will take Lonnie Walker's spot in the rotation. I don't think it has much of an impact on Murray or a massive impact on Calden Johnson. He will just eventually slide in back to being the starting guard next to DeJounte Murray. And yeah, out of these guys that I mentioned, his return is coming up you know, pretty soon. And I'd almost be happy to take on the hit for you know, having him on my roster. That's how good I think he is. Now, I could be wrong, and people will say, Josh, you're just a Derek White stan. I get called stans of people or haters of people all the time. And I honestly just don't care that much about him. But I do think Derek White is good, and I would be looking if he is around. He's been in my IR all season. The Toronto Raptors. Um, the Jedi, OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam, are both cropped up as questionable for Wednesday, while Paddy McCaw... Speaking about Al Farouk Aminu's knee, is Pat McCaw's knee just rooted? I don't think he's ever playing, really, uh, which is good for the Raptors because Nick Nurse loved the bloke and would play him way too much. But their bench is consisting of Stanley Johnson, Terrence Davis, uh, Yuta Watanabe, Matt Thomas. So maybe he could have made a difference there, but it's not having any sort of a fantasy impact. While Siakam and Ananobi's injuries don't appear to be anything serious. The Utah Jazz, Don Mitchell's out with a concussion for Wednesday. Let's hope it's not a long-term thing, um, but that's the major news there. Elijah Hughes, and Tr Elijah Hughes and Trent Forrest are out. If I didn't tell you this was the Jazz, could you have told me who they played for? 
Uh, and Derek Favors is questionable. Um, he has been really solid in the backup role, but doesn't have an impact for fantasy. And the only one there, of course, is Mitchell, but we're not expecting that to be any sort of long-term scenario. And then lastly, it is the Washington Wizards who are missing Rui Hachimura, Davis Bertans, Denny Avdia, Mo Wagner, Ish Smith, Troy Brown, all out due to COVID. There is a possibility they could be back for Friday. Um, the last time they played was the 11th of January. So you're talking almost almost three weeks there. They may not be back. Uh, Russell Westbrook is out on Wednesday dealing with his um, quad slash knee scenario. And someone asked me this today, Josh, why are the Wizards resting Westbrook? Are they preserving him for the playoffs? That's not what resting is about. That's not what teams are doing with resting guys on back-to-backs. They rest him on a back-to-back because A, his knee is rooted and B, his quad is rooted. And if you're American and you don't know what rooted is, kids cover your ears, means it's fucked. That's what it means. Root, fuck, interchangeable here in Australia. So Westbrook's knees, rooted. That's why he misses back-to-backs. Not because they're preserving him. Not because he doesn't want to play. Interestingly, that no one really ever comes out and says about Russ, oh, these modern players sitting out back-to-backs. How soft are they? They just choose when they sit, and, and which was put onto Kawhi because Kawhi doesn't come out and play and doesn't show all this emotion. No one says it for Westbrook at all because he goes out there and snarls at people and runs around even though you know, his defense is horrible majority of the time and he hasn't been good this year or even at, at times last year. But because he gives off that mentality of Russ does everything, Russ leaves it all out in the court, nobody questions his commitment. Nobody questions his, um, as many people do, his manliness or his softness or his entitledness or his divaness. No one questions it. His knee's rooted. You know what was why Kawhi set out? Because his quad slash knee were rooted. As simple as that. It wasn't a, I don't want to play. Because if you're going to p- provide that logic to Kawhi Leonard, Throw that same energy at Russell Westbrook, which nobody would ever do. And that, I think, is pretty telling. Enough of me getting on my soapbox. Guys, we are done. Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube. Thumbs up, bells. Guys, we are done. See you later. I screwed up the outro. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.